this is Kara Foster, Senior Minister of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky. You're listening to our sermon podcast. You can connect with us at firstchristianmadisonville.org or join us in person at 8.30 and 11 a.m. at 1030 College Drive in beautiful Madisonville, Kentucky. I hope you'll subscribe. Thanks. Good morning. The last few weeks I've been preaching from stories from the Old Testament and talking about courage. One of the things I appreciate about, particularly about the Hebrew scriptures, is that there are so many varied examples of what courage looks like. And I couldn't talk about courage without talking about the story of Esther. The entire book of Esther encompasses one single story and let me tell you this story it uh well it makes the kardashians or jerry springer show look like a trip to mr rogers neighborhood this story is wild and it is not rated pg there are people impaled on poles it has hate and fear manipulation the uh, harsh reality of women in a time were seen as less than Of course, the story of Esther celebrates the Jewish holiday of Purim, and it's entirely celebrating what happened with Esther and what she did to save God's people. And Purim is usually celebrated with the retelling of the story of Esther. People dress up, they boo, they cheer in costumes. You're also encouraged to give donations to other vulnerable populations like the Jews were in the story of Esther. And I can't read the entire book of Esther to you, but I, you are, before I read the passage that I've chosen today, which happens to be the most famous and well-known passage of Esther, I want to give you Kara's retelling of the story before we get there. So you have some background of Esther. And if you've never taken the time to read the whole story, I just really encourage you to do that. It's a fabulous story. And Esther takes place about 500 years before Christ. Uh, the Jews were, um, had found themselves in exile again under the Babylonian Empire for about 100 years. But then the Babylonians get defeated by the Persians, and now the Persians are the ones in charge of the Jews. And the king of Persia had a queen named Vashti. And this king, he seemed to like to have a good time because he threw a wild, drunken party for about six months. And in the course of that time, at some point, he wanted to have his queen come to all the men at the party and show her off. Now, as one commentator said, uh, he was not having Queen Vashti come because she was really good at trivia. He was demanding that she come to be exploited. And in a time and place where women had no say or no control, she didn't even get to decide who she married, um, this was what she had to do. Kings do what they want to do, and they take what they want to take. But Queen Vashti stood up, and she refused to be demeaned in this way. And because of that, she pays a price, King of Persia gets rid of her, and he says, I'm going to find a new queen. And it's suggested to him that he find all the most beautiful women in his kingdom and form a harem. 
And from there, he would decide who would be his queen. Enter Esther. Esther was orphaned at a young age. She was Jewish. She was being raised by her relative Mordecai. And she was one of those women forced to be in the king's harem. She had to go and live in the palace. And she was chosen to become the new queen. Side note, her uncle Mordecai had said, please don't ever bring up that you are Jewish. He was well familiar with how people saw the Jewish people. And then as a little plot twist in this Days of Our Lives story, a little side story happens. And her uncle Mordecai comes across the king's right-hand man, Haman. Haman loved his power. He loved his authority. He loved himself. So much so that when anybody around in the, was around in the kingdom, he wanted everyone to bow down to him. And there was an incident where people were bowing down to Haman except for one, Mordecai. He refused to bow down to Haman. Thou shalt not have any other gods before me, right? Well, Haman is infuriated by this. He knows that Mordecai is Jewish, and he says, look, if, he, if one Jewish guy won't do this, then it could spread. It could spread, and, and then no one will respect my power and authority. And so he does a plot to the king to try to get all the Jewish people gone. He goes to the king, and he starts with, there are people in your kingdom that aren't like us. They're different. They're foreign. They don't belong here. And the king is happy to let his right man, Haman, take care of the details. So he gives his blessings on any decree that Haman wants to do. And Haman declares that on a certain day, the Jewish people will all be killed. Now, as a side note, I happen to think that one, one small lesson, maybe it's not that small, actually, one lesson that we hear in the book of Esther is how Haman tries to do what he's going to do. What does he do? They aren't like us. They're different. They don't belong. They, they, they. It's a reminder to all of us that words certainly have power. Power to shape. Power to shape a reality. And Haman tries to make the Jewish people seem as if they are less than human. Words matter. Haman tries to use his words to soak the flames of fear. He never even actually says what group he's talking about. He just preys on the paranoia of the king and his authority, and he wants the threat gone. Well, Mordecai gets word of this decree. And he goes to Esther. Esther, you've got to do something. Esther, you've got to try and save the people. And the passage that I'm going to read today is from Esther chapter 4. And it is after Mordecai comes to Esther. Esther chapter 4, beginning in verse 10. I'm going to read seven verses. It says, Then Esther spoke to Hathach and gave him a message from Mordecai, saying, all the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law. All alike are put to death. Only if the king holds out the golden scepter to someone may that person live. 
I myself have not been called to come to the king for 30 days. And when they told Mordecai what Esther had said, Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silence at such a time as this, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another quarter, but you and your father's family will perish. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to royal dignity for such a time as this. And then Esther said in reply to Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews to be found in Susa, and hold a fast on my behalf. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will hold also a fast as you do. And after that I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. Perhaps you have come to such a place as time as this. This is the most famous line from the entire book of Esther. Perhaps you have come to this place for such a time as this. All you've been through, Esther, all the hard things that were out of your control, here you are, in this moment, at this time, you can do something. Queen Esther takes a moment to decide and she hatches a plan. It's a plan that actually puts her own life on the line. She first butters the king up by saying, let's go to dinner. She invites the king's right-hand man, Haman, to come along too. He's thrilled to be eating with the royal couple. She makes sure the food and the wine is flowing. And at some point in the night, she begs for the king to save her life and her people's life. Of course, the king is totally clueless about what's going on. He's like, well, who did this? Who made this happen? And she points to Haman. And the king takes some time to go out to the garden to figure out what he's going to do next. And meanwhile, Haman realizes Esther's turned the tables on him. He throws himself at her feet. He's begging for mercy. Uh, the king comes back into the room, and he doesn't like what he sees. And he says, Haman, I'm getting rid of you. And Haman is killed on the very pole that Haman had planned to use to kill Mordecai for refusing to bow down to him. It is quite a story. And Queen Esther saves the day. She saves her entire people. And there's so much about Esther's life that she could not control. Actually, there was so little she had control over. She had no control of being born a Jew and living in exile. She had no control of losing her parents at a young age. No control to be forced to move to the palace or become the queen Nothing. She had control of nothing. And she could have said, look, Mordecai, my hands are tied. I can't risk this. He won't listen. She knew what happened to the last queen, but she doesn't. She risked her whole life to save God's people. You know, I remember reading a book about courage by um, a PhD social worker, Brene Brown, she's everywhere these days, and she wrote a book about courage and what she's learned through studying courage. And the thing about that book that I took away from it is that she points out such an obvious yet profound thing. And what she points out in her research about courage 
is that she says courage and vulnerability go together. That in fact, they can actually determine how courageous you are by how willing you are to be vulnerable. You can't be courageous without being vulnerable. And this is what I think makes Esther's story so amazing. She was vulnerable. She risked her own life. She put her own life on the line. She could have said, hey, King, I sort of like those Jewish people. Why don't you save them? But no, she put her own self on the line. She dared to trust what Mordecai reminded her, that perhaps God had indeed brought her to that place and that time, and that God would see her through and use her life, even if she had no clue of what would happen next. For such a time as this, reminds me of my, my favorite verse in Amazing Grace, the line, through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. It's grace that's brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. You know, when I was a kid, I think I thought courage looked like a battlefield, like, like the heroes in the movies. 